Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. So I want you to take a deep collective breath so your minds won't wander. Just a moment of silence because I want to ask you a question and I want you to ponder it. Do you believe that the circumstances of your life on earth are a matter of luck, karma, accidents, coincidence, or providence? Do you believe that the life circumstances you have on earth or a matter of luck, karma, accidents, coincidences, or providence. I'd like to submit that the answer is providence, a mysterious mixture of divine sovereignty and human responsibility, a mysterious mixture of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. So we've been talking about out of nowhere, things seem to happen out of nowhere, but do they? So let me give you the sermon in a sentence. I didn't say the sermon was going to be a sentence. (laughs) I said, let me give you the sermon in a sentence. Here's a sermon in a sentence. You forget everything else. Divine providence is a strange correlation of events that are not always positive nor obvious, but always with a purpose. I'll say it again. Divine providence or a strange correlation of events that are not always positive, not always obvious, but always with a purpose. So the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, as was announced in the New Testament, it didn't just happen. In fact, Luke 1 says, out of nowhere, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. It was not luck. It was not karma. It was not an accident, not a mere coincidence, but it was providence. Even the playwright Shakespeare says that there is an unseen hand in the affairs of men. Have you ever asked yourself, how did you meet this person or that person? Was it luck? Have you ever said to yourself, I was in the right place at the right time? Was that an accident? 
Have you ever looked back in your life and said, boy, if I had been there one minute earlier or one hour later, this would have happened or that would have happened? Mere coincidence? I'd like to submit that it was providence. Three things I'll say about providence, and then I will take my seat so that we can practice the tutorial that Pastor Eli showed us with the candle lighting. Providence plans very precisely in advance. Providence plans very precisely in advance. And so Pastor Chad wrote to us, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past, that is eternity past, will come from you on my behalf. No accident that Bethlehem was the city, the small city, the obscure city, chosen for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of all places on the earth, Bethlehem. It would be like if Jesus was going to be born in Tennessee. Don't look for him in Memphis or in Nashville, nor in Knoxville, nor in Chattanooga. He would have been born somewhere in, say, Jackson or Gatlinburg. Providence plans precisely and in advance. So here's the timeline that we see. I think you see it on the... This planning started thousands of years. I'm just going to pick up the timeline of Jacob's prophecy in 1,500 years ago, 1,450, 1,500 B.C. He announced to the children of Israel that a Messiah was going to be coming. And then 700 years later, the prophet Isaiah, for many of us is familiar, said that a virgin was going to conceive and bring forth a son, call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then 500 years before it happened, Bethlehem was announced. And then 400 years after that, or 400 B.C., then Malachi prophesied about the birth of John the baptizer who would introduce the Savior of the world. And then 300 years, silence. 200 years, silence. 100 years, silence. And then in 4 B.C., out of nowhere, Jesus Christ was born as the Savior of the world. Now, I want you to think about the timeline in your own life. You see the bottom section, a portion of my own timeline. I was born in 19, none of your business. But I was born, and then we moved to a neighborhood, and in that neighborhood, I was introduced to church, first time in my life, and then our parents got hurt by church, and we became de-churched, and then Providence planned in advance that some other circumstances happened and we got back into church. What about your timeline? Because providence plans precisely in advance. Here's the second thing about providence. Providence will find you. Providence will find you. 
In fact, I like what Dr. John R. W. Stott says, I'm in the kingdom today because the hound dog of heaven chased me down. I love him today because he first loved me. I did not choose him. He chose me. Providence will find you. He found Mary, found Joseph. He found the shepherds. Out of nowhere, the shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, an angel of the Lord stood by them. Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. Providence will find you. Mary and Joseph and the shepherds were simply living their ordinary godly lives and extraordinary things began to happen. You didn't catch that. Let me say it up here. I said they were living their ordinary godly lives and extraordinary things began to happen. That's what you and I have to do. Just live our ordinary godly lives, sometimes falling, all the time rising, and extraordinary things will start to happen. Can I lift a transcript from my own experience to show you how providence will find you? Many of you know that I was uh, born in, um, raised in cafes and bars, my grandmother on both sides, my favorite great aunt. And then we moved to a different neighborhood on Ingleford in Fifth Ward uh, section of Houston. Houston is in wards, six wards. We were born in the Fifth Ward. And here is the home that we moved to. It's still there today. It's occupied today. That is a fresh photo today. Two bedrooms, one bathroom, four of us kids stayed in one room. My mom and dad had a room, a small living room, and we had a kitchen. And when we moved into the neighborhood, some neighbors came and knocked on my dad's front door. And they asked him if they could have church on Monday night in the house. Now, that was not our habit, but to be neighborly, he said yes. And so some people came, and they had church. Now, before they came, he sat us down and said, listen, some people are going to come, and they're going to have church and he says, now, I want you to pay attention, and you better not go to sleep. Not better not go to sleep. You better not go to sleep. Because if you go to sleep, I'm going to be on you like white on rice. And so we knew this was important. And so six or seven people came, and uh, they were like a circle. We call them a small group today. They brought a Bible, which I'd never seen, and they had a little book with like a devotional called a mission book, and they started teaching out of that book. They had a hymn book. And they were singing out of that, and they were singing songs that I'd never heard. Now, remember, I'm raised in a cafe. I'm used to a certain kind of music, right? You know, the average song is about three minutes, 28 seconds, maybe four. These people sung songs, and one verse was two minutes. <laughs> and I'd never heard these kind of songs before. Amen. Grace, how sweet. I'm saying, finish the song already. I'm going to sleep, and I remember my dad said, white on rice, so I woke up. The 
sound that saved a wretch like me. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I wasn't clapping. It was the most boring song that I'd ever heard in my life. And when he, they walked out, you know what they said? Can we come back next Monday? And he said, yes. Ugh. But you know what I didn't know? Providence was after me. And it found me and it found my family though it was not obvious at the time. I need not tell you that I love that song today. Now, you can ignore providence like Herod did during the Christmas story. But if you don't ignore it, you will see this mysterious mixture of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Can you think about it? In your own life, the birth of Jesus Christ reminds us providence will find you. And then lastly, providence is sometimes scary, but God will provide you courage. Providence is sometimes scary. God will provide you courage. When Mary and Joseph said they were going to have a son and Mary was a virgin, they were stigmatized and ostracized and criticized. I mean, who's going to believe that a virgin was going to have a baby and then you would have the nerve to say his name would be Jesus or Yeshua or Savior of the world? Who do you think you're fooling? So they were stigmatized. They were ostracized and criticized but providence is sometimes scary, but God will always give me courage. Right, let me read this story. I love this story about providence in the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. Zola Curry was a black housekeeper from Harlem, New York. She had an IQ of about 70. And she has suffered from mental delusions. And in 1958, she stabbed Dr. King in the chest with a steel letter opener at a book signing in Harlem, New York. Little did most people know, she also had a gun tucked into her bra. But Providence prevented her from using it. Ten years later, in his 1968 mountaintop speech right here in Memphis, Tennessee, at the Mason Temple, Dr. King retold this story about his assassination attempt in New York City. And he said careful surgery was required to remove the blade. Dr. Aubrey Lambert Maynard said the razor tip to the instrument had touched his aorta. And that my chest, he said, had to be open to extract it. Dr. Maynard told him later, if you had sneezed, 
just once, during all these hours of waiting, your aorta would have been punctured and you would have drowned in your own blood. The New York Times picked up that statement the next morning and he said, they said, if I had sneezed, I would have died. <clears throat> About four days later, they allowed me to move around the hospital in a wheelchair. And so I read some letters from people across the United States and the world. The governor of New York came to visit me. And then I read other letters, most of which I've forgotten. But there's one letter I'll never forget. It was a letter from Mrs. Jean Kepler, 37-year-old white mother of two near White Plains, New York. And she wished me a speedy recovery and wrote that the lady who did this to you must have been very confused and sick in the mind. But I feel sure that you are the kind of a big person who can forgive her even for this. And then she said, I read that if you had sneezed, you would have died. Dr. King, I'm so happy you didn't sneeze. I like that. You know why he didn't sneeze? Because Providence did not have him dying in 1958, but in 68. Providence is scary, but God will provide you and I courage. Jesus Christ was born in 4 B.C., not 400 B.C., not 1400 B.C., but he was born in 4 B.C. because in Providence, it was the right time. In fact, Galatians 4 says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. He came at a time when the Roman world had stabilized, when there was mostly peace in the then known world. They built a system of roads so that the gospel could then go forward. They had almost a universal monetary system. And so the gospel had an atmosphere in 4 B.C. to spread like it did not have in other times before. Providence is sometimes scary, but God will provide you and I courage. Do you see the word in the circle in the back of me? I think there it is. Out of nowhere. If you look very carefully, there's another word if you dissect the words nowhere, there appears another word. You see it? What, right, you say? Now here, you saw that. It's not obvious at first, but now here. Out of nowhere, now here. Seemingly, things happen out of nowhere. The birth of Jesus happened out of nowhere. No, providence plans precisely in advance. Providence will find you. In this case, it found us. And so Jesus is now here. That's why we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad he's now here? I don't know about you, but I've lived long enough 
to appreciate the fact that he's now here. He's here with you. He's here with me as we navigate the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows of life. I'm glad that he is now here. He's now here. The one who left heaven's great glory for earth's great gloom is now here. The one who left or was born in Bethlehem where heaven sent out his best choir, brightest star to mark the place where he lay and there was a baby ages older than his own mother who said before Abraham was, I already am. He is now here and he's here to help us in whatever issues that you and I have. I'm glad he's now here. He's the beauty that banishes my blemishes and the sweetness that surmounts my sorrow and the tranquility that transcends my trouble. I'm glad that he is now here and he came seemingly out of nowhere but providence is this strange correlation of events not always positive not always obvious but always with a purpose and not only is he here but you are here and you are here today not by luck, not by karma, not by an accident, not by coincidence, but by providence. And while you're here, well, I want you to consider this question. What are you going to give him as a gift this year? If you haven't already, what are you going to give him? I want to talk to two kinds of people. Let's pray together. Father, the first group of people I want to lift up are those who are Jesus followers, those who surrendered themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But somewhere along the way, life got in the way. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe it was the business of life. But they are now disconnected, maybe even discouraged that they are here now whether in person or online, I pray that your spirit would convict them to come back home. May they renew their commitment to Christ and to his church. The second group of persons or people I'm talking to are those who came to this worship without Christ, without hope, without the assurance of eternal life. We want them to know that Jesus had them personally in mind when he went to the cross. Every sin they've ever committed, past, present, and future, was nailed to the cross. And he who knew no sin became sin, shame, and guilt so that we might have the righteousness of God and have access. And therefore, because he paid the penalty for all of our sins, there are no barriers that stand before us. And so I pray that sitting right where they are, they will say to God the Father, I'm submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life, a new quality of life on earth can begin. We'll help them. I help us to reflect during this season on your providential hand in our lives and to thank you afresh for this mysterious mixture of divine sovereignty human responsibility not always positive 
nor obvious, but always with a purpose. We thank you in the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even the baby who grew up that was born in Bethlehem. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openeisen, Musical Worship Director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.